Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Business of Psychology podcast. This week, I'm considering one of the questions that I get asked most frequently from my students in psychology business school, and that is, should we be offering free consultations for therapy work? Now, as you might expect from me, if you've been listening to this for a little while, I don't really think that there is a clear-cut answer, and there's certainly not a one-size-fits-all answer. If you'd asked me this a couple of years ago, I would have advised you against doing free consultations in your practice. And the reason for that is that I did not do these very well. (laughs) Um, When I had a really busy clinic, I was spending hours every week offering free consultations to people who then ghosted me. Um, And I blamed the free consultation model, if I'm honest, because when I stopped doing those free consultations, those problems went away. I started to get much better quality referrals, clients who came for their first session stuck around, and I didn't get ghosted very often. And initially, I thought that was because free consultations led to uh, client ghostings, uh, mainly because of some of the stuff we talked about in uh, last week's episode around ghosting and the kind of beliefs that clients can sometimes hold about the value of our time. Uh, But we'll talk about about that a bit later in the episode. Because what I have come to realise is it wasn't the free consultation that was the problem. It was the way that I did them, and specifically the lack of boundaries that I had around them. And I do think they can be very valuable if you do them correctly and for the right reasons in the right way. So today I want to talk a little bit about the advantages of free consultations, the disadvantages of free consultations, and some factors I think you need to bear in mind if you're going to offer them and do them well. And that is based from my own experience, but also from things I've learned from my students in psychology business school. So a big thank you to all my students who have talked about this many times in office hour. I am bringing a lot of your expertise to this episode, and I hope it's going to help a lot of people. Okay, so let's get started. The advantages, why you would want to offer a free consultation. Well, firstly, it's a really great opportunity to assess the goodness of fit for you and for the client. We're not the right therapist for everybody, are we? You could be amazing Uh, for the right person and, you know, rubbish (laughs) for somebody else. Uh, You know, for example, there's a lot of humour in my therapy sessions. I just can't get that bit of my personality out of therapy. And frankly, I wouldn't want to. But there are some clients who don't share that. And that's not what they're looking for in a therapist. And they will know that quite quickly in a free consultation with me because it tends to come out quite quickly <laughs> in a free consultation. So it's a great idea for, uh, for people to have that conversation with you so that you can you know, show how you like to work and they can decide whether that is a good fit for them. And equally, 
we often get that feeling, don't we, that we're not the right fit for somebody. Maybe they're looking for a type of therapy that we don't offer. Maybe you know that there is a model that would suit them better and you've got a colleague that you could refer them on to. So assessing for that goodness of fit is a great advantage to doing a free consultation. Secondly, a a really good advantage for a free consultation is that you can use it to iron out any accessibility issues. Um, So when I did offer free consultations, I didn't do it as a phone call because I don't offer phone therapy. So I don't really think it's that useful to do it on the phone. I used to get people to come into my physical therapy room because I used to work uh, in person or I used to get people to log on to Zoom and have an online session with me if that's what they wanted. So that way we could work out, you know, do we have technical problems or do you find it difficult to park near my room? Iron all of that out before anybody's paying for a session. I thought that was a massive advantage. And certainly if I offer free consultations in the future, I will keep that as part of it. It will not be a phone call. It will be a test session. Uh, where people actually come in to my practice or log on online with me for, yes, a shorter session, and we'll talk about timings a bit later, but a session that is very similar in format to whatever they will be experiencing. Uh, So you can iron out any difficulties. The third advantage, I think, is that if they show up, it shows some commitment on the part of the client. And we talked in the last session about ghosting and how awful ghosting can feel. Well, I I do think sometimes getting somebody to show up for a free consultation session allows you to make a judgment about whether they've got that first bit of motivation that they need to actually break their normal routine and make time to see you. And I think that's really important. So the fourth advantage that I could think of is that it allows you to signpost people in a more um, comprehensive way than you can do with an email. So when I'm not offering free consultations, if somebody fills out my intake form and we think that they're not the best fit for working with me, I will send them some recommendations for other places or other people that they could go to. But I'm never confident that those emails get read Um, Whereas when I've signposted people in a free consultation session, I can look them in the eye and tell them why I think that this is a better service for them or why I think that this colleague of mine is a better fit. And I think that probably gets taken on board more. So I often feel like those signposting conversations are better in a free consultation than they are by email. Finally, and possibly the most important one, I do think that offering a free consultation is helpful to the client because it allows them to feel a bit more confident before they have to put money behind their decision. So we know if we're buying anything that the thing that is most likely to stop us from buying something, even when we know it's going to be helpful to us, is confidence that it will work for us. And with therapy, that is a really big deal because people are skeptical about the idea that therapy itself is helpful. They also need to 
overcome their scepticism that you yourself can be helpful. So there's two barriers for them to overcome before they make that decision to jump in with both feet to something as scary as therapy. And I think a free consultation can really help people to overcome that fear. So I think it's a really nice thing to offer from that perspective. So those are the advantages or the reasons that I could think of that you might want to offer a free consultation in your practice. But as I shared before, I did stop doing it and I stopped doing it because of some big disadvantages to offering free consultations. And the first one is that it takes up your time. And if you're already really busy with referrals, um, then it's really difficult to make time to do free consultations, especially as if you're doing them right, some of them will not convert to therapy. These are not sales calls. When you listen to other kind of marketing courses, courses that I've done, they often talk about closing the sale and a free consultation being an opportunity for you to convert more people uh, to come and work with you. But actually what I've found is when I'm doing free consultations ethically and I'm doing them well, that's not the purpose half the time I'm assessing that they might not be a good fit for me and there might be somebody better. So they might not lead to more people working with you, but what they are likely to do is lead to more of the right people working with you. So if you're doing them well, they won't always convert to paid work, which is both an advantage and a disadvantage. Because if you're very busy and you're turning down paid work in order to make time to do free consultations, that can quite quickly become a problem for your business model. So what you need to do is make sure that you have a boundaried period of time in your calendar for free consultations and that that is worked into your fee setting. So you know that you need to charge a little bit more for your paid sessions to pay yourself for the time you're spending to do free consultations. If that doesn't make sense to you, don't worry. Go and listen to the episode with Sally Farron on pricing and she talks about how you need to factor all this unpaid stuff into your fee structure there. I think it's really important. Again, the time factor is likely to be more of an issue if you aren't boundaried enough about what you actually cover in your uh, free consultations as well. And again, this was something I did really badly. Full disclosure, my free consultations frequently became hour long. I am really naturally bad at stopping people talking if they want to talk. I get interested, I want to hear somebody's story, and I was rubbish at setting boundaries around the sessions. And that's part of the reason that I had to stop doing them. Uh, but some of my students in psychology business school have shown me that you can do this well, you can keep these conversations to 20 minutes, and you can hold boundaries around them. So yes, they can eat up a lot of your time, but if they are eating up a lot of your time, it's likely because you're not setting those boundaries around them or you may not have set your fees correctly in the rest of your practice. So before writing them off, um, consider both of those things. But time is definitely a disadvantage to offering free consultations. Again, if they're done badly, as they were by me, Sometimes offering a free consultation can encourage people that can't really afford your services um, to come along and have a chat with you. 
Again, I think that stems from not being clear about the difference between a free consultation and a therapy session, which I was definitely guilty of. And also your process. So we'll talk about this at the end, but I think if you have a clear process um, in place and the free consultation is not the first step in that process, you can mitigate that risk. But certainly that is something that happened to me and I think that uh, that isn't helpful for potential clients and it's not helpful for you either. Um, thirdly, I think there is a danger with offering a free consultation that we can set a precedent that our time isn't worth money, um, that we can feed into that belief that we talked about in the ghosting episode that some people might hold anyway. And I think that is important to consider. You don't get a free consultation with your hairdresser or your accountant or your lawyer Uh, You wouldn't get a free consultation from a private GP or a private doctor of any other specialty. So we are offering something that is a bit different here. And I think, as we've already talked about, there are good reasons that we might do that. But we need to make it really clear and boundaried why we're doing that, why it's different from other professions but the fact that they will then be paying for any subsequent sessions with us. I think we need to be really upfront and transparent about all of that. And if we are, it's probably not going to be a problem. I think it was a problem for me because I wasn't transparent about any of those things and I didn't get the right boundaries in place, full disclosure. So <laughs> so I think that leads me on to talking about what you need to do to make sure that your free consultations work for you rather than against you. So firstly, I think it's all about setting really clear boundaries for yourself and the client about what you will cover in that session, what makes it different from a therapy session and what you will not be doing in that session and sticking to it. You know, for me, I think when I start offering these again, I am going to have a piece of paper in front of me that says, talk about this, do not talk about this. Um, Let them know that you'll be talking about that other stuff that both of you probably really want to get into in the next session, because actually it's not that safe to, um, to talk about it in a free consultation that is supposed to be 20 minutes. Um, So be very clear about what you will and won't cover, be clear about how long it's going to be and stick to that for both of you. Um, The second thing you need to do is factor that into your fee structure so you have a clear slot in your diary that is for free consultations. You never offer a free consultation outside of that time and you make sure that you're paying yourself for it by charging slightly more for your paid for sessions. And again, you can listen to the episode with Sally Farron if you're not quite sure how to do that. The second thing I think is really important is to make sure that this potential client knows your fees, they've seen your terms and conditions, and they filled out your intake form before they come along to that free consultation session. I think if you've done that, then there is no danger of them coming along to that session wondering if they can afford you or not. That conversation has already been had. I think that is a lot more compassionate um, because there is nothing more horrible for the client than finding out after they've decided they really like you that they can't afford you. That's a horrible thing to do. Um, 
And I know we wouldn't ever do that intentionally, but if you haven't given them their T's and C's, if they haven't um, filled out your intake form, there is a real danger that could happen. Likewise, they might fill out that intake form and there's something on there that indicates to you that actually they're not a good fit and it would be a waste of both of your time to have that session. So I think that's really important. And finally, if they fill out an intake form, that's a good indicator that they are committed enough to this process that they're unlikely to be one of those people that comes along, does the free consultation and then ghosts you. So it's getting a bit of commitment from them. Yes, you're not taking money yet, but you are asking for a commitment of another sort from them. And I think that's really helpful in making sure that they're actually in the right place to make good use from therapy uh, before you waste your time or their time with this conversation. So those are the things that I would make sure you have in place if you're gonna offer a free consultation. It's completely up to you whether you think this is a good fit for your practice or not. Um, as I've mentioned, I decided for a long time that it wasn't a good fit for my practice. I realised <laughs> that that was likely because I hadn't done them very well and I am now going to be restarting them in my therapy practice. So I will let you know how it goes, uh, but this is the framework that I'm going to be following to make sure that I get high quality consultations that work well for me and for my practice. I hope that's been helpful as ever. Come and talk to me about it over at Rosie Gilderthorpe on Instagram. I'd love to know your thoughts. Do you sometimes wake up at two o'clock in the morning worried that you've made a terrible error that will bring professional ruin upon you and disgrace your family? <laughs> I'm laughing now, but when I first set up in private practice, I was completely terrified that I'd miss something big when setting up my insurance or data protection. Even now, three years in, I sometimes catch myself wondering if I've really covered all the bases. It's hard, no, probably impossible, to think creatively and have the impact you should be having in your practice if you aren't confident that you've got a secure business underneath you. But it can be overwhelming to figure out exactly what you need to prioritise before those clients start coming in. I've created a free checklist plus resources list to take the thinking out of it. Tick off every box and you can see your clients confident in the knowledge that you've got everything in place for your security and theirs. Download it now from psychologybusinessschool.com forward slash client hyphen checklist. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Business of Psychology podcast. If you share my passion for doing more than therapy, then make sure you come over and join my free Do More Than Therapy Facebook community, where you can work on getting your big ideas off the ground with like-minded psychologists and therapists. I'd also love it if you could leave this show a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will help more of the people who need it to find it. See you next week for more tips and inspirational stories to help you do more than therapy.